This is Bragging Rights, a show all about college football, where the conversations are lively, the topics are trivial, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. And now, here are your hosts, Madison and Pierce. Welcome in to another edition of Bragging Rights Week 5 Preview and we are super excited. After a very interesting or exciting week of games, it was hard not to look at this slate and think to ourselves, okay, it's a little bit more subdued, but there's still some really good games to be played. And I think that these kinds of weekends where some of the games that you're not expecting to be exciting will be. So super excited to break it all down for you. Before we get into our preview, I need to introduce my co-host. My name's Madison. I'm joined as always by my brother Pierce. Pierce, how are you? Doing well. Uh, feels a little bit strange. We're doing this on a quick turnaround, so um, it feels like we're flying blind here. As as well as uh, after such a long weekend of football, I, I feel like it's uh, it's a little burnt out, uh, so to speak. But um, looking at the slate, you know, yeah, you're right. It's not it's not as good as last week. There aren't going to be many weeks, if if any, this year that are as good as last week. But there are some good matchups. It seems like uh, it looks like you know we're getting really into the heart of uh, conference play. Um, and, and I still think there's a lot of unknowns out there um, when it comes to some of these teams, not just the top teams, but even, uh, you know, top 25, top 40 teams. So um, hoping to uh, to dissect everything today and break it down for you all in a, in a great fashion. And joined, as always, by, by our other host, Hank. Hank, how are you? I'm doing good. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a solid week. Um, I looked at the board. I don't know how I did last week, to be honest. My easy peasies. I know I hit a couple, and I know I had a, had a uh, one or two there that that did not pan out like I had thought. Um, but there's some good matchups in here. Just scanning through things, so I'm I'm excited to uh, to get into it with y'all. Yeah, loved it. It was a great weekend. Um, I didn't win any actual bets. I think I actually won one. Um, but uh, you know my picks didn't fare so well. So I think I was overthinking some things. I think I got too excited, too caught up in the moment, and overthought some things. So. Just get back to basics this week. That's why I keep telling myself. Um, need to go through a couple of changes for the people out there, you podcast listeners. Uh, we are not going to do easy peasies anymore here on the podcast. We are going to change that to exclusively on social media. So this is going to... Oh, we're doing that full time? Yeah, I think so. I thought oh, it worked really? well. I, I think we should just do it this week. I love it. Eh, well, we'll talk about it. It really... There's there's consequences with the easy peasies. Well, but that's my point is there's consequences to the easy peasies. So I like the, you know, being able to put that on more closer to day of with lines change and things of that nature. Um, and kind of... Because it's supposed to be for real time for people to kind of feel out where they should put their money. So this is more for them to know, hey, you wake up on Saturday morning, here's what to put, put your bets on. But really, honestly, we talked about it a little bit and it was more so along the lines of... These podcasts have gotten so uh, full of knowledge and so full of picks and stuff that uh, we just need to kind of cut to the chase and keep this just a high level viewing the games and everything. And then we're going to have you follow us on social media so you don't miss those easy peasy picks. Uh, you know, you're gonna, we're going to talk about games that you didn't hear about on this podcast. You're going to see us reiterate some, some line changes. You might see us. There have been ch- times where I take a pick here on the podcast, the line changes, and I wouldn't touch it anymore on Saturday morning. So uh, we're going to follow us on social media. We'll do it a little trial basis because it sounds like Pierce is a little butthurt. But uh, follow us on social media. Yeah, I am. I know. I get texts from people asking, like, they listen to the Easy Peasies. Most, like, that's their main well, thing. Well, but we need to plug the Instagram a little bit, too. So, you know, hey, maybe they'll go follow us on social media now. I, def- I do like, I like what y'all did this week. 
I like how y'all had it on. I like all y'all posted on Saturday. That's definitely good to remind people, hey, this is what we're on. Um, but I do like breaking it down a little bit, and it, and it, it does. It adds a little bit of steak uh, to to it. Well, so let's we can talk. Well, about not it. to knock. This week is definitely unique. yes. We are recording this right now on Monday night. Um, I am set to leave town tomorrow night, Tuesday. So normally we record these on like Wednesday, um, but I will be out of town, and so in order to make sure we all three could get on the podcast, we're recording this pretty early. Uh, lines are going to be very different than they will be towards the end of the week. So that's part of the reason too. Um, but yeah. I'll be in Knoxville this weekend too. So you'll have to call. Okay. I'll, I'll have. I'll have okay. Them. Hank's going to be, oh, you're going to be there at the Tennessee game. Okay. Love it. Love it. Um, well, I'm not, yeah. I got a, got a fraternity golf tournament that I got to go uh, win again for a second year oh, in a row. Okay. okay. Well. If I can just knock Pierce really quick, not to really drag him too much, but the reason we started these easy peasies was the idea was they were going to be games we didn't already preview, and every single week they really haven't been. He might throw in one or two, but for the most part, he just kind of reiterates our picks. So, um, Yeah, hell, I only picked them. <laughs> I know, and two out of three are normally games we just talked about, so we're going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to do it on social media. People can follow us on social media. I think I only media. had one. Oh, I'm just... Change is good. Change is good. Change is good. I agree. So at Bragging Pod on Twitter and Instagram for those real-time gambling updates so you can hear where we're putting our hard-earned cash. Uh, and you can ride us, you can fade us. Because right now you might want to fade me, uh, but you might want to you might want to pick up Hank's bets. So um, but that might that could change. Who knows? I went two and one. Dang back it. to basics, back to basics for Madison. Um, let's jump in here, guys. Let's talk about um because I still have to pack. So we gotta get this rolling. We got Monday night football games, doubleheader going. So I don't know about you. I want to get glued to the TV relatively soon so let's jump in here let's start previewing our 10 games of the week we'll start it off on friday night on fs1 the number 10 utah utes in corvallis to take on the number 19 oregon state beavers that game is at nine o'clock eastern time like i said over um on fs1 friday night uh all right so utah here's the story with them undefeated so far in the season having taken down florida baylor weber state and ucla cam rising still was not back next week unsure his status for this week but they haven't needed him so far hand up i really thought ucla utah would have been a higher scoring game i thought ucla was going to take it to utah that was not the case we'll see what happens if they get cam rising back but they're headed into Corvallis to take on uh, the Oregon State Beavers, who are 3-1 and one on the season. Their only loss coming last week in a close one in Pullman when they lost to Wazoo 38-35. Uh, the story for them has be, been DJ Uyunglele, who transferred from Clemson and has been absolutely uh, lights out for the Beavers. He's had a couple of blemishes, but he's been delivering for them week in, week out very, very well. Um, so that's kind of the story with the game, guys. Uh, the line is at Oregon State at home, favored by three points. Um, we'll go Hank, Pierce, then me. So, Hank, what's your pick for this game? So I'm going Oregon State this week. Um, I know last week I was on UCLA um, to beat Utah, and every, I wasn't glued into the game. I was at a bar down here close to my apartment watching on – couple different TVs, couple different games. So I wasn't glued in, but every time I looked at the TV, it, were, it was third down UCLA or Utah had the ball again. And now granted, every time I looked up, the score was the same, but they just, just nothing, nothing going on offense. So Utah really showed me they, they have a maybe even better defense than I even thought. And they, they are the truth there on the defensive side of the ball. So um, I was wrong about them a little bit, but again, Cam Rising's day to day, I believe um, at least, on this Monday as we're recording here. Um, 
But that three number, getting it there without the hook, uh, Oregon State, I, I mean, they looked good. They they didn't pull it out, but, you know, they, they still they kept up with uh, – with uh, Washington state and, and, you know, put up points. So I, I think with, it's going to be a close one with, like I said, with that defense, um, it's going to be a kind of a chess match, but I, I think, I think that they can, we can at least get a push here with that three um, where it's at now. So I'm, I'm going to go Oregon state minus three. All right. Hank's on the bees. What about you, Pierce? Yeah, I'm on the Beavers as well here. Um, they are coming off a tough loss to Washington State, uh, losing by three. Um, but if you really dive deep on this Utah team, it's in, it's impressive what they've done thus far. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see. I, I don't believe Cam Rising is going to be back this week. I, I know he's getting closer and closer, but um, I, I'll double check on that. It is Monday. So, um, you know, practice news and notes and stuff, especially for teams on the West Coast uh, or out there in the Mountain West, are definitely going to be um, – <clears throat> you know, coming out as the season, as the week goes along. But regardless, uh, th- this defense for that Utah has is, is fantastic. They, I mean, when you look at last week, yeah, it was kind of an ugly 14-7 game. But defensively, uh, they they pick six really early on in the game. Heck, I think one of the first few plays um, on the freshman uh, quarterback, Dante Moore, for UCLA. And really, they kind of made Dante Moore see ghosts out there. He, he really just – he looked down. He looked like, I, I don't know what's going on right now. Um, so you got to give credit to Utah and, and their physicality and toughness there. Um, but, but if they don't have Cam Rising, if they can't score, I, I don't see how they beat Oregon State. Um, I, I mean, it'd have to be another 14-7 type game, and I just see this Oregon State team um, not only just running the ball, but also with DJ Uyunglele and his legs too, um, putting up enough points. And I don't see Utah getting to you know a 17-21 type mark where I think they would need to be in order to either win or cover here. Um, and that's at the that's at the floor too. So I think this is a pretty comfortable Oregon state bounce back spot. Uh, so give me the Beavers minus three. I'm going to ride with y'all. I was the entire time you guys were talking, trying to figure out a way to finagle. Hey, go against them, go with Utah. And I just couldn't get there. Um, even if Cam rising is back to your point, Pierce, I just think this Beavers team, their offense is going to be able to move the ball. Utah's defense is good, but you've got a home crowd. You've got a team that's pissed off because of the way that they lost in, in, um, you know, very close fashion on the road last week. And here's the thing, too, is this isn't necessarily going to win you games per se, but Oregon State and Washington State are pissed off because they're getting left in the dust. Next year, there is no home for them. They don't have a conference. Uh, there's really no telling what they're going to do. And they're going to give the best of the best to all of these teams that are off to greener pastures, Utah being one of them. So they're going to want to stay alive here in the Pac-12. I think that they're going to be fired up. And I think to y'all's point, um, if Cam Rising's not in the game, I just don't see Nate Johnson being enough to keep up with the Oregon State team. I do think that they are going to have a tough time on defense uh, with this this uh, Utah Utes, uh, you know, defensive powerhouse, if you will, for a Pac-12 team. Uh, but I just think that ultimately DJU and company is too much. So give me Oregon State. We're in lockstep, which is good good for uh, those U- or, um, Utah fans because that can never turn out well. All right, let's turn our attention over to Saturday on Fox. Big Fox game, Big Noon Fox. What do they call it? Big Noon? Big Noon kickoff? I don't know. Anyways, it's the marquee matchup on Fox at noon Eastern time. The number eight UC, USC Trojans in Boulder to take on the Colorado Buffaloes, who are for the first time uh, since week one not ranked. Uh, they are fell out of the top 25. So um, that loss, of course, coming in D- 
dominant fashion. Oregon just absolutely manhandled Colorado last week. Uh, and Travis Hunter is out again this week. So just keep that in mind. USC on the flip side of things, they are perfect so far, but they haven't really had some stout competition. They played San Jose State, Nevada, uh, Stanford, and Arizona State. That uh, the outcome of the Arizona State game was probably better than it actually was. Um, I didn't stay up and watch this one hand up. It was too late. I was tired. I went to bed. But based on some podcasts I listened to that real-time reacted to this thing, it looked like it was closer than the, the end score had, you believe. So USC is favored in this one by 21.5 points on the road. Uh, take that for what you will. But yeah, Colorado, back up, back in Boulder. That's going to be the real storyline. Uh, and, and hoping to not get blown out like they did last week because – it was all eyes on Colorado, still is all eyes on Colorado. And if you go down and you get blown out twice, that's not a great look. So we'll start with Hank. USC favored by 21 and a half points. Who you got? So I'm the same boat. I, I don't think I've stayed up and watched a single full game of USC yet. I'm a weenie. I can't stay up that late. Um, so I haven't seen them. But yeah, like you said, it, it, I mean, I was just looking back at the box score of their, their – Arizona State game and and they let them back in it a couple of times. I mean, they're going to put up points. Um, but it just seems like their defense isn't isn't clicking like we thought they may um getting some of those transfers in. Um so yeah, Colorado got waxed. I think it was a little bit of a wake up call. I think, you know, they were due for regression. It was going to happen. I kept telling all my friends that that wanted to bet Colorado and I was like, I don't know. I mean, I see this see this being a bad blowout and and it was um but yeah so with that said i mean i i just i think this is going to be a shootout i think i i don't think usc has the defense like oregon they're not gonna be um they're colorado's at home i just i feel like they can they can keep this in that number and it's you know a, a 41 44 uh 32 game or something like that so um so, yeah, give me Colorado plus 21 and a half. All right, Hank's going with the Buffs. Pierce, what you think? They bouncing back or are they going to get exposed yet again? Man, this is a really uh, challenging one to pick here because, you know, I hate it. I hate it so much. And y'all might think, uh, y'all might believe the same way or feel the same way about Colorado. But everything with Colorado just feels emotional, whether you're for them or against them. Um, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been following this team, uh, or, or I should say backing this team or going against this team. I've been chasing this team all year. Every time I pick pick them, they lose. Every time I pick against them, they win, um, which is kind of crazy. So I'm a little bit perplexed when it comes to Colorado. I, I think I generally, at this moment, I lean with Hank. Um, so give me Colorado plus a 21 and a half. I think that hook could be something. Listen, they're, they're back at home. Um, I, I do expect with still the hype being around, I, you know, it just was a tough one for them going to Austin Stadium, um, you know, where it's very tough to play. I don't think USC has the same defense that Oregon has. Um, you saw Arizona State with a, a true freshman quarterback and, and Jaden Rashada um, scored 28 points. Now, uh, but but you also can argue that USC was in a major look ahead spot because here's the one thing that I think is unfortunate for this Colorado team. With Dion, it's brought such a media circus around this team that other teams that they are playing are looking forward to this game. They're going to be it's going to be hyped up. They're going to be on national TV, big, big environments. Um, and, and, and instead of being a team that should, you know, be able to sneak up on people this year, they've got the targets on their back and they're not a top 25 team. They're just not. They've got a lot of issues, especially on the line of scrimmage. 
um, and Shador has kind of kept them in it. Something to keep uh, in mind with this one uh, as as we go throughout the week, it has not been announced. At least I haven't been able to find it. Uh, Jared we- or Xavier Weaver, the their best receiver thus far, um, did get hurt on the last play of the game uh, against Oregon. Um, he he walked off the field with his shoe off. Um, he did have ankle surgery in the off season. Uh, apparently, it's not that. Uh, but if it's a you know a, a bone in his foot, then he could be out, and and that there, so that would be that mean they were missing their biggest weapon. So I do worry a little bit because USC, like I said, could have they're they're in a massive look ahead spot going to a bad Arizona State team um, with Colorado on deck. People, you know, especially being in L.A., like, you know, they went to L.A. for a reason or, or maybe they're already from there. But a lot of those guys, once the glitz and the glamour, well, they're going to get it in this Colorado game. Um, so maybe last week it's it's dumb to look ahead, but I just don't see their defense being able to stop Colorado at home. Um, as often as need be to get to, to, to cover this 21 and a half. Um, so while I think it's a 50 50 for me, get a toss up, give me Colorado plus 21 in the hook uh, against USC. You guys are suckers, 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 suckers. I'm going USC in this one. I know 21 and a half is a, is a big point spread, obviously, and they're on the road. But ultimately, we saw what Bo Nix and company were able to do to Colorado last week. And Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in the country. Uh, it's it, you know the, the Heisman race is becoming him and Michael Penix Jr. and the rest is not really even technically even close. So uh, this is going to be um, a very interesting matchup. I do think Shadour is going to shine a little bit. We know USC's defense not very good, but I think you're looking at a same situation with Arizona State last week, where maybe it feels a little closer than it's supposed to be, but late uh, Caleb Williams and company kind of pull ahead. I think that he's going to be able to absolutely slice and dice this Colorado defense. Uh, they're averaging giving up 475.8 yards a game. Now, I realized last week was a very big you know, reason for that, but I just think ultimately Caleb Williams is going to be able to manhandle this Colorado defense. Uh, he's going to have all day to throw, uh, and they're going to make the USC defense look really, really good. So Shador might have moments to shine, but ultimately uh, Caleb Williams and company uh, just play way too good of ball uh, for what uh, – Dion has so far brought into the Colorado program. So I'm taking USC. Uh, and at the very least, Colorado burned me last week because I was I was on them to cover the 21 points at Oregon. They didn't do that. So I don't think I don't think they've got it in them. I'm sorry. They'll get back on track. I think they will be bowl eligible, but this week is not the week for them to get uh, a, a win, let alone a close matchup. Let's flip it on over here to ESPN, also at noon Eastern time. The number 22 Florida Gators in Lexington to take on the Kentucky Wildcats, uh, Florida. After losing to Utah at Utah at the beginning of the uh, the year, they went on to win, uh, beating McNeese State, Tennessee, and most recently, Charlotte. Uh, Kentucky, on the other hand, unbeaten so far with wins over Ball State, um, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, and Vanderbilt. So neither one other than, I mean, Florida's had to take on Tennessee and Utah, but Kentucky's really not played anybody um, but certainly people are going to favor Kentucky with this one being at home. They're favored by two and a half points. Uh, when you look at the battle of the transfer quarterbacks, you've got Graham Mertz for Florida, which transfer he transferred in from Wisconsin. And then on the other side of the ball, you've got Devin Leary for Kentucky who transferred in from NC state. Um, both of them have been fine. Uh, they've had moments of brilliance. Devin Leary's going to be, everyone's going to lead to believe that Devin Leary's played better but, you know, hey, maybe jury's out on that one um, just because I think that he's not really played anybody yet. So, anyways, like I said, two-and-a-half-point spread, Kentucky favored in this one. Hank, who you got? So I went back and forth with this one a little bit when I was looking at it earlier. Um, I originally had Kentucky written down, but <clears throat> I think I'm going to go with Florida. Um, 
I know they're playing in Kentucky. <clears throat> um, but yeah, Devin Leary, yeah, definitely has the better stats than Graham Mertz. But he, I mean, he's turned the ball over five times against, like you mentioned, Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, Vanderbilt. Like, yeah, they put up some points, but you're going to put up points against those teams and you can kind of afford those those interceptions. Now, granted, I, I sat down and watched all these Kentucky games. Some of those may be on the receivers. You never know. But it's just – I think this is – you know, they're getting those three points because they're at home, but this is, you know, in reality more of a pick them. And I think I think Florida has been tested more. I think Graham Mertz can kind of take care of the ball and, and lean on – and is it Trevor or Travis? I can never remember which brother is the one that's there. Trevor. Etienne. And lean on the running game and Trevor Etienne, yeah. And they can – and they can – uh they can get one. I think I think they win it straight up. But um, I I think with that plus three, I would love a hook there with the three and a half. But plus three, get a push. I, I think I think the turnover turnover battle. Um, if they can win that, then they they can squeak this win out. So I'm I'm taking Florida. All right, Hanks on Florida. I will say it's interesting. I know Kentucky's not played anybody, but it is interesting to see them been undefeated, not ranked, and Florida sitting at 22 in the nation with a big old loss to start the season uh pierce you rolling with kentucky or are you going to flip over to the or i'm sorry are you rolling with the gators or are you going to flip over to kentucky man I, I i agree that with hank this is a tough one um i i i think a couple things stand out to me um a i i i'm surprised at this line i, I think i would have thought that this would be more of a pick em. um you know i would have thought that maybe on a neutral site florida's a three-point favorite um, which, you know, given the home field advantage, it's usually a three, two and a half to three point, in, uh, you know, update. Um, but Kentucky's the favorite here. So I'm a little bit surprised by that. Well, it is in um, Kentucky. Because Florida does have the better of the two wins. It is that, at Kentucky. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. I say I, on a neutral side, I think Florida should be I three see. point gotcha. favorites. So this line being at home should be a pick them. Um, so that right away stands out to me. It's kind of like, huh, am I missing something here? Um I had Kentucky being a sneaky team coming into the season. You look at their games, they really haven't been world beaters. Um, you know, they're four wins, but they're four wins against nobodies. I mean, heck, uh, you know, you look at Vandy. Vandy's lost to UNLV already this year. And Wake Forest, who Wake Forest is, as they've shown the last two weeks, is not a great team. Um, so I am a little bit nervous like that. You know, coming to Vandy is always a sleepier game than normal. Um, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to downgrade them too much for that. When you look at Florida, though, this is going to be interesting because they do. They didn't really run the ball that great or all that well last week. They didn't do, you know, bad by any means, but uh, it was just another ho-hum performance. I mean, like I said on the recap yesterday, Madison, one touchdown, one touchdown against Charlotte, who's one and three. I don't care if Charlotte's a decent team. A Florida team should be able to run and get at least three touchdowns um, on on a lesser, a lesser opponent. Um, and you also look at Florida. You know, minus the Tennessee game. I just keep going back to that Utah game. They were bad in that game. They were really bad. And you look at this Utah team. That was probably the easiest game they had. Baylor took them to the wire. It really was a last, you know, couple drives type of situation where they the defensively they were able to get, you know, force a turnover, go down and score. Um, and, and even then they let Baylor go right back down the field and have a chance at a you know 25-yard touchdown win, uh, 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 pass to win it. Baylor's bad. Baylor should be worse than Florida. And they took Utah to the wire and and really honestly outplayed them for most of that game. And then you look at their game, Utah's game against UCLA, and it was 14-7. Florida has played them worse than any team has played Utah this year. I think Florida's low is pretty bad. 
if they if they're going to win this game, it's going to be on the backs of their running back. They have to get them established early and often um, because Kentucky's rush defense has not shown to be all that good. I think that you saw Mark Stoops come out and challenge the crowd to come out, come out and get you know um, and 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 get loud and ruckus. And and I think that you're going to see a, a motivated Kentucky team. Um, maybe Florida was caught in a slight look ahead with you know coming off the Tennessee game. Uh, maybe it was kind of the spot to fade them. But still, man, one touchdown. I, I just this offense. I mean, they weren't even all that special in the Tennessee game, other than rushing, and that's just because Tennessee's got a bad defense. So. I think Kentucky's going to be in this one. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, but this just feels like a sleepy spot to fade Florida, um, especially uh, considering some of their you know down type of weeks that they've had. And I just don't know if this is a great football team. So give me the Wildcats minus three. I'm not going to lie. I went back and forth, back and forth in this one. On one side of the ball. Who did you just pick? I thought you were going Florida there. Pierce? No, no, no. I just talked about how much I ripped Florida. But I am 50-50. I heard you saying that. But at the start, I thought you said I thought you were. Yeah, Kentucky hasn't been great, I will admit. Um, and like I said, their rush defense has been pretty poor. Uh, and defensively, they haven't been great as you know in general. Um, but I do think they'll, they'll have some things for Florida here. They haven't really had to play and, and show too much. Um, that's another thing. They're, they're, they probably don't have you know a lot of their playbook on tape yet, which I think could prove uh, uh, to be a, a factor here. Um, so I, I got Kentucky, but I'm with you. It's a it's a toss up yeah. game. This is a I mean, this is a tough one. This these are two teams that could be a little bit better than the average coming into the season than we thought, or be worse than we thought coming into the season. It's just yeah. I will say Kentucky, Kentucky has a has a pretty tough like set of games here coming up, and. I think if they want to want to come out, you know, positive in the next four or five games, they're going to want to win this one. Because I mean, they got for sure. Florida. It feels like a motivation Florida. spot for them. Yeah, Florida, Georgia, Missouri, Tennessee. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna want to Mississippi State, Alabama. They they're gonna want to pick off a few of those, obviously, and they don't want to go lost to Florida, lost to Georgia, and then have to go and play Missouri, Tennessee. Although I will say, I don't think. Tennessee's too tough of a spot, but still, yeah. Well, I'm I'm back and forth on this one. I can go either way. I quite frankly think that Florida's been better tested. I think if they go back and play that Utah game again, I think it's closer. I don't think it's quite as bad. Um, but then I look at the Tennessee game and I think to myself that game was only a win for them because it was at Florida. So um, I'm really back and forth. I think Devin Leary is a better qu- quarterback than uh, Graham Mertz, but I don't think he's necessarily anything to write home about either. Um, I just think that ultimately what it comes down to for me is the fact that it's only a three-point spread and it's at home. I'm going to go Kentucky in this one. I could see this easily being a look-ahead spot with Georgia waiting on the wings and Georgia looking pretty vulnerable. I could see them looking ahead at this stretch of games and getting kind of caught up in all of it and thinking, well, Florida's not really anything. We'll get past them. Um, but So I could see maybe it being a little sleepy, but I think ultimately at home, um, they're able to get it done. Florida's not a bad team. If they can establish the run, uh, you know, they're not great, but I, if they can establish the run, I do see this being a tough game for Kentucky to get over. Uh, Florida's has the better defense. They have the better offense so far in the season. Um, also, let me get ahead of it. I'm going to get text messages. I know I said McNeese State. It's McNeese. I have some people that will text me when I make a mistake. It's McNeese. I knew what I was saying. Um, I'm going to go Kentucky in this one as well because of the home field advantage and because Florida has not played on the road well so far. We've only seen seen them on the road versus Utah, and that was not a good showing. So uh, I wish this game were more like nighttime, but K, uh, K, I was about to say K Rogers. Kroger Field is not the easiest place to play. So I do think they get up. I think they get excited. Uh, this is not, you know, this is a game 
uh, a series that has been dominated by Florida over the last few decades. And Kentucky, uh, when they get a chance, they're going to look forward to, to absolutely take it to Florida. So give me the Wildcats in this one as well. All right. Also at noon Eastern time on the SEC Network, the Texas A&M Aggies and the Arkansas Razorbacks in Jerry World. There, um, I think I already said SEC Network. Um, Arlington, Texas in the Dome. Don't know why they play it here. Kind of hate it. Not going to lie. Really wish it was a, a home and home, but that's okay. What Jerry Jones wants, Jerry Jones gets, I guess. Texas A&M is favored in this one by six and a half points. Um, Connor Wegman got hurt last week. Are we sure about his status? Is he playing or is it going to be Max Johnson? I have looked, um, Jimbo Fisher, you know, it's funny. I'm sorry to go off on a little tangent here, Madison. I know you're going to roll your eyes, uh, cause I'm being wordy here, but, um, I've, I've looked up like Xavier Weaver. I looked up his injury status. I've looked up some other guys today and you can't find a single thing. And that's, that's by design. You don't want to let, you don't want to give up too it's much not like the NFL. Um, in the way of, of, in, yeah, exactly. Injury status. Um, but of course, when I looked up Connor Wegman, there was an update from Jimbo five hours ago saying, you know, it's pretty swollen. It looks like it's going to, you know, the swelling's going to come down and, and he'll be a game time decision. But I, I, I like the odds of that. Um, so it looks like he could play, but good thing for them is they do have a backup that has, uh, has a lot of experience. In he does. Season. He's never been the best, but uh, Max Johnson does have some experience and he did look pretty good. Granted, it was against an Auburn team that was very much disappointing. Um, Texas A&M so far in the season, three and one with one loss at Miami. 48 to 33 the final there Arkansas is two and two on the season they started the season winning uh, against Western Carolina and Kent uh, Kent State and then they lost the last two games BYU and LSU although the LSU game was a lot closer than people were expecting so uh, take that for what you will uh, like I said Texas A&M favored by six and a half points Hank we might not know about Texas A&M's quarterback but is that enough to sway you or are you going to roll with the A&M Aggies <sighs> I had a tough one picking, tough time picking this one. Um, but I, I mean, KJ and them had a pretty tough showing last week. Um, I like them to bounce back. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Arkansas at home. Um, I know they, I mean, LSU was pretty solid, but they, they looked vulnerable last week. I think K, KJ just, Turned it over what twice and and they just kind of gave that one to them. I think they they could have easily they could have, they could have easily won that one. Um, I think they should have won that one, but they just couldn't get out of their own way. I think this week at home they're gonna um, try to get get things back on track. And I don't I don't think that they win it, but I think that they can keep in uh, in within that six and a half. Um, I hate I don't love that number. I mean normally. Normally a six and a half spread. I don't bet when I don't like the team like to at least have a chance of winning. But I think with Max Johnson, there's a chance he, you know, I mean, like y'all said, he has experience, but I think there's a chance he comes out flat um, on the road. And I, I think, I think I'm going to go with Arkansas to at least keep it within three here, uh, hopefully and, and cover that six and a half. All right. Hanks on Arkansas. Pierce, what do you think about that? Uh, this is a weird one because I, I don't know if y'all, uh, can recall some of the previous matchups between these two teams, but it, they don't have home field advantage. It's in Jerry world. Um, and it seems like this, and I could be wrong. I was trying to look it up before this, but it seems oh, wait, like the, what? Yeah, it's in Jerry world. It's in Jerry yeah, world. Yeah. It's always in Texas. Cause, cause 
Think about I it. Jerry Jones is an Arkansas. I don't know if he graduated from there, but he's an Arkansas guy. That. And it's, you know, being that they play each year, he wanted to get in on the action and, and watch in his house in Jerry World. So, um, but this is one of those games where it feels like I could be wrong. I, I, I hope that person that corrects you on when you mispronounce things, Addison, will, uh, will look this up and correct me if I'm I wrong. I never mispronounce things. I just sometimes <laughs> abbreviations and don't get a score. Hey, I had to sh- You're taking away my baby easy peasy. So I had to take a shot. Um, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> this game feels like the 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 worst team. The team that's coming in uh, as the underdog seems to win, and, and in weird fashions, like you know, fumbles for t- picked up and run back for a touchdown, or pick sixes, or like last second, you know, or l- late in the game type of heroics. And uh, I think we're in for a little bit of the same. I wonder if this if Connor Wegman is named the starter if this line moves at all, I do worry a little bit that uh, because he is out that this, you know, at plus six and a half coming off a of showing against LSU, that Arkansas is going to be a pretty public, uh, uh, public bet side here. That does scare me. I also get a little worried uh, if I'm looking at Texas A&M side, because listen, as we know, we've seen it multiple times in the last three, four years. When a backup quarterback comes in and you haven't prepared, you've prepared all week for the starter it's hard to adjust. And I know Max Johnson doesn't necessarily bring anything with his legs, but that was something that they had to worry about with Wegman, you know, getting out of the pocket, extending plays, running with his feet. Then you got more of a prototypical path, you know, uh, pocket passer. Um, and, and he really did make that team go. They were, they were not doing very well with Connor Wegman. Um, I think Connor Wegman's definitely the better quarterback. If he comes back, I still worry about that ankle, man. I don't think he's going to be very mobile and elusive in this one. Uh, you know how it is, and and it seems like it was a pretty – the fact he couldn't return makes me think it's a pretty significant ankle sprain. Um, so if he's able to go, he's going to have to tough it out. He's not going to be able to run as much. Um, the Aggies certainly have the better talent here. I worry that Arkansas, you know – played their best game last week and in a, in a as you said a a, a a faux or fake rivalry game Madison although the battle for the boots uh, that they usually have some good clashes yeah, this one's um, fake too for what it's JT like. Daniels sucked J, uh, JT Daniels Jaden Jalen Daniels Jaden Daniels sucked I mean he was awful yeah. he was missing guys left and right unlike he did in the Mississippi State game um, so maybe it was just kind of an anomaly there um, and kept them in it but Something to keep an eye on here is if if Rocket Raheem Sanders can play uh, at running back for Arkansas, he's questionable with a knee, um, and he's had to miss some time this se- this season thus far. If he can come back and play, I think that's a big boost. I got Arkansas plus six and a half. I think we're looking at uh, you know like a two to four point game here, um, and it could get wacky. So uh, I- I'm going to take the points. I'm with you guys. I'm going to take the points as well. I don't feel good about that, and I think that I'm going to be embarrassed by the end of it. And A&M is going to absolutely route Arkansas, but. I also am looking at well, well, yeah, true. Missed, I'm so. looking at AM's schedule <laughs> and you know what they have next week, right? They welcome in Alabama to College Station and I think that they are yeah. looking at that as holy crap, Bama's not that good. We're going to beat these people. We're so excited. So I can see them maybe looking past Arkansas a little bit. I think Arkansas keeps this close. Um if Rocket Sanders plays, I'd like that even more. Um I think that KJ Jefferson is not, you know, he's not a great quarterback, but he's a game manager. He just needs to go out and do what he needs to do. Neutral field actually, I think, helps them in this situation um, because I think that that won't, you know, they, it's not like they're good at home either. Uh, but I think you've got a, uh, a program that the back is up against the wall. Their coach is, you know, very much on the hot seat right now. And I think that they know that. And I think that this is the type of game that J- Jimbo goes out and lays an egg um, right as they're supposed to have the biggest game of the season. So I like Arkansas to at least cover this um, and keep it close to your point, Pierce. 
even when they've lost, it's been pretty close games. They've lost by seven and then three. So um, I like them to keep it close. I think that Arkansas uh, covers that six and a half point spread, which means since we're all on it, that they absolutely will not. So congrats to the Aggies. Um, all right, let's hey, go. One thing to yes, add. go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. I know I, I hate doing that. No, I you know do it every it time. It's okay. Flow, go ahead. But I, <laughs> okay. Cool. You had to pay me back. I get it. Um, I was looking at it two and two in, in picks last week where we all three were on it. So we had Alabama. That was a win. Um, so that was good. We had Texas A&M. I believe we were all, all on Texas A&M. That was a win. Um, the losses uh, were, I believe, um, let's see, UCLA, which was, ugh, that was a gross one, how we were yeah. all on that. That 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 one you should have known. Um, and we were yeah. all on LSU. So um, two and two. So maybe not a, not a, a true fade, but um, something to keep in mind. All right. Well, I was wondering that. Yeah. So. I mean, we all didn't do great. I have this. I have what we did, by the way. Hold on. Let me flip over to this page. What, what did we do? I went I had, five and five. I think I. Pierce, you went. Four, I think I did. You went too. four and six, and um, Hank went eight and two. <laughs> oh, see, I had seven and three for Hank, and five and five. No, for he me. went eight and two. I must have yeah. missed. I must have missed. It was probably the same game. Yeah. Hey, Hank and I dominated you on easy peasy. So, well, I can't yeah, even. I'm, I'm coming out here and just gamble. So, it's fine. Um, yeah, no, all right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's BS. I was looking forward to easy peasy tonight. Cause this is a Monday. Hank couldn't listen to all his podcasts and do research. He was going to be, he podcast. was going to, he was going to fail this week at easy peasy. I was going to school. Nah, him. That's oh. better than the information. <laughs> all right. I'm moving along. Three 30 Eastern time on <laughs> CBS, the number one Georgia Bulldogs on the plains to take on the Auburn Tigers. Auburn suffered their first loss of the season last week. At Texas A&M, I watched the whole thing. I, Hank, I don't know if you heard the story um, I talked about on the podcast last night. I was on, at an, accidentally found myself at an Auburn bar, um, didn't realize it was, and uh, these frat bros were not happy, not happy. At one point, this guy just kept screaming at the TV, please, please do something. So if that tells you <laughs> the state of Auburn football right now. Uh, Georgia has had its own fair share of struggles. They are undefeated so far in the season. Um, but they haven't covered a single spread. Take that for what you will. Uh, they've been winning in dominant fashion, but haven't covered a spread. So, like I said, this is against the spread here. 14 and a half points is what we're getting at. Georgia favored there at Jordan Hare. Uh, the 3.30 o'clock CBS game. So, it's going to be, you know, it's the prime time of the SEC. All eyes are going to be on this game. Uh, Hank, we'll start with you. Who do you have? Um. So... I didn't, I mean, obviously we kind of got out to a better, I say we, Georgia got out to a better start last week, even though we're just not, I've just, we're just not a first quarter team, I guess this year. We're just never going to score more than, yeah, well, first half, we at least were scored some points in the second quarter there. This, this, um, this time looked like we got actually competent, but I mean, it is UAB, but I, I just, I think I heard something that we last year where Averaged like nine points in the first quarter last year, and this year we average like, or we have like nineteen total or something, or seventeen total or something. So I just at this point, I hate saying this. I've said it a hundred times in the three times I've been on the podcast, but we're just like a sleepy starter. We're just a slow starting team. So I I think we need to get out a little hotter this week. I mean, Carson had some throws that he missed. He misses that. He's I mean the one thing I just 
truly was paining me all game was he just can't throw that across the like, over the middle ball like Stetson was so good at doing. He he throws it to the receiver when he sees it, and it's always a step or two behind him. That's one of the most annoying things ever. He he had one long throw that was missed um, long on his part, and then one by Arian that he dropped. So, I mean, all in all, it could have been a lot better of a game. Um, he he really needs to clean up those those crossing route throws over the middle, and 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 that's a. I mean, he then his his stats are going to be crazy that game. So, um, I didn't hate the game against UAB, but our defense kind of, or offensively, but our defense scared me a little bit. I mean, maybe it was just we had we got out a little ahead, and then we kind of just got you know comfortable and and let them let them in the end zone more than we'd want to. But I still think this week with with Auburn, we got to we got to come out fired up. Um, and I think, I think we'll clean some stuff up and Kirby will have us, uh, have Georgia, you know, fired up for this one. And I don't love the 14 and a half number, but I'm going to go Georgia minus the 14 and a half. Um, and I think, I think we can hold them to 10, 13 points this game and, and get it done. You know, maybe if we make it in the thirties somewhere, we'll, we'll get it done. So. That's my pick, Georgia minus 14 All right, and a half. got Georgia Hate covering the for the first time all season. Pierce, what do you think? Uh, this is my line in the sand game. Um, and it's kind of scary to, to have a line in the sand game when <laughs> you know how, how much craziness and it's like the, their stadium was built on an Indian burial ground and, and crazy crap happens um, at Jordan-Hare. But this is my line in the sand game, man. If Georgia can't cover this spread, I, I'm I, I'm I'm officially on nervous watch or on uh, you know I'm, I'm a little bit scared for how the season is going to pan out. Um, listen, I, I just think that this Auburn team is going to have trouble scoring. It looks like I, I would expect Javon Bullard to be back. When you look at Georgia last week, um, I know Hank Hank was saying a lot of that, but man, Carson Beck has just been very very consistently good. He's not wowed. The offense really looked like it was clicking more last week. It looked like, okay, here we go. We're going to start hitting these big plays. We've got everybody think we're, we're dialing it in. Now I expect Georgia to put up some points against Auburn. Auburn doesn't have a bad defense. In fact, I think their defense is sneaky. Uh, okay. They always seem to have a, a decent defense. Um, I just do worry about, I do worry a little bit that they're going to be able to score more than 14, 17 points just because they're at home. They've got the crowd behind them and all that. But I don't see them getting more than that at most, and I do think Georgia can get to, um, you know, thirty-four, thirty-eight type of type of score here. Um, and 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 would it surprise me to see Auburn only get seven to ten points? Not at all. I I think uh, you know I do worry a little bit about the uh, the line movement as a gambler. Uh, this one opened at 16, 16 and a half, I believe. It's already been de- bet down. Um, it's too early in the week to tell whether that's public or or or, or sharp side of things. Um, I expect that to come back the opposite way. Uh, Georgia's very injured right now. The most injured that Kirby Smart team has ever had. I mean, this is it's it's pretty ridiculous how many guys are injured. Um, like I said, Javon Bullard comes back at safety. He's he's questionable, but I think after coming two weeks off, I think he's going to be back ready to play. That's a big boost for this defense. He is one of the best players on that defense. Michael Williams should be back. He was out this past week with an uh, an illness. Um, 
I'd love to get Ladd back. That's the one guy I want back the most. Um, he, he, I think, could change this team uh, and this offense. And that's kind of crazy to say, being a, that he's only like a, what, little 5'11", 6-foot white guy. Just goes out there and consistently runs good routes, um, beats his man. He's very, he's a gamer, man. He's a gamer. You see when he gets up and, and scores or catches a big ball, that dude gets fired up. So would love to have him back. I don't think he will play, but I don't know if that matters here. I, I, I like Georgia. This is a line in the sand game, like I said. Georgia needs to win this by 14 and a half or else not only is it going to be a rough week next week of uh, you know media coverage and, and listening to podcasts and, and, and things of that nature, but um, I'll officially be worried. I got Auburn. I don't think Georgia's very good. I don't think they can cover a spread. Woo! I was so hoping someone would do it. <laughs> we both, we all know we've seen weird, weird things happen on the Plains. Um, I think Auburn is uh, a terrible team, but I think they keep it close. I think Georgia wins this game. Um, I think it's by 10. I think it's by 12. I don't think it's by 15 points, quite frankly. Um, I would take this game if the line goes down even further. Um, I'd probably be on this game uh, from a betting standpoint. But right now, on Monday night, 14 and a half points. I don't feel comfortable with it. Pierce, you're, to your point, a uh, ton of injuries. Hank, to your point, Carson Beck, still not super comfortable with him as a quarterback. Um, and I think that in a rivalry game, you throw out the records. You just throw them out, and it just gets down to who wants it more. And uh, I think Auburn is feeling embarrassed. And I think that I could see uh, – I've seen Georgia play against Hugh Freeze teams um, and it's not been pretty. Granted, it hasn't been at Auburn. It's been at Ole Miss, but it's not been pretty. Um, I think that this game is close. I think it's, you know, one that, to your point, Pierce, people look at and they go, maybe Georgia's not that good this year, and that's fine. You know, you come off two national championships, and that it's going to be, the scrutiny is going to be a lot higher than it's been in the past. So I think it's close game or, or closer game than we want it to be. I think Georgia wins by 10, but I do not have them covering that spread. That being said, I watched every single second of the Auburn. I just locked in a massive bet on Georgia. Okay, well, good for you. I wasn't done with my analysis. Auburn, I saw, watched every single snap of the Texas A&M game. They're really bad. They are really, really bad. So, um, hey, could be a great game for Georgia. I think fans. that's a smart side, Madison. What? I do think that's the smart side, especially in these pickums. Yeah. And, and honestly, if I was gonna, if I was I, all this all day, once you sent the, the lines out. All day I was going, man, it's going to pay me to take Auburn. And every reasoning I had was exactly what you just said. So I think you're spot on. Uh, Hugh Freeze has dominated. I mean, look at Hugh Freeze. The last time Ole Miss has beaten Alabama, they beat him twice. And Hugh Freeze was the head coach. Kirby Smart was the D coordinator at Alabama. Hugh Freeze knows how to attack Georgia's defense. Does he have the weapons? Does it matter if they're at because they're at home and they got a little momentum? I don't know, um, but I, I think that's definitely a savvy, savvy uh, pick on your. Well, part. let's move on here. We got five more games, and I got dinner waiting for me. So let's try to rip through these a little bit at three thirty Eastern time on Fox. The number two Michigan Wolverines in Lincoln to take on Nebraska Cornhuskers. Nebraska two and two so far in the season. They lost their first two Minnesota and Colorado, but then they won their last two Northern uh, Illinois and Louisiana Tech. Michigan unbeaten so far in the season, but have had very sleepy starts just like Georgia and haven't necessarily covered these point spreads. Um, I don't think they've covered a single one either. So uh, they are favored by 18 points on the road here. And we'll start with Hank. Hank, who you got? Uh, Michigan is nothing if not consistent, at least in these games. They've scored like 30 to 35 points and let up like a touchdown or something like three to or three, seven, six, seven. So, they played nobody. Um, Nebraska, you know, had a bad start to the season, but I mean, 
They didn't play. They played lesser competition the last couple of weeks, but they got a little something going on offense. Um, that being said, I think I think Michigan finally gets up to a better start, and I, I think if as long as if they can get Blake Corum going, I, granted, I, Pierce can give some more analysis on maybe the Nebraska defense, but. I just feel like if they can, they got to get something going this game and and come out hot and and so I'm going to take them minus the uh, minus the 18, um, and just hope that Nebraska, you know, doesn't come out and score too many points. Like, you know, I think if they get to 17 points, then they cover. But I, I think Michigan can hold them to 10 and, and cover this. Yeah, they sport. haven't let a team score. Uh, more than a touchdown so far in the season, to your point, Hank. So the defense has been really good for Michigan. Offensively, they've just had some a little bit of sh- sleepy starts and struggles. All right, Pierce, we got one for the Michigan Wolverines. Who you got? I, I hate both sides, honestly. Hate both sides. Um, you know, it's like a weird you, number I, for college. It's it's an NFL line, in my opinion. It is, weird. and um, you know, Nebraska has has shown that they're not necessarily call that good. Um, I certainly don't think they're a bowl team this year. Um, and they're also, I don't know if you mentioned this, Madison, like Georgia, Michigan is 0-4 yep, against the I spread. Did. So the top two teams in the AP poll are, uh, are, are yep. 0-4, which is scary. Um, I think this might be the game. Uh, this is the only reason I'm taking Michigan. I think this might be the game where they <clears throat> come out and let it loose um, and, and get things going. A couple question marks I do have. Michigan's offensive line has not been world beaters to this point. Um, and and some people, very few, I would say, have this uh, have this take, but I I have been on board with this for a while now. I don't think JJ McCarthy is a top fifteen quarterback in this in the in the country, and I don't think he has ever been. Um, I think he's being talked up, uh, you know, as being such, and and I don't think he is. Um, and and I think when you've seen Nebraska, you know, outside of uh, the Colorado game, they've played good defense, like you hit on. Colorado was able to put up points because. They were just throwing, 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 and eventually Nebraska couldn't score. Then you knew the the, the levy was going to break at some point. So um, if Michigan comes out, though, and, and, and unloads, this is kind of a line in the sand game for me for them, too. They need to come out and let things go. They probably haven't uh, shown much of their offense. Um, I think Michigan comes out. I, this is going to be close as far as a line. I think this could be 17 to 21. I'm going to lean towards the 21-point win for, uh, for Michigan uh, against Nebraska. Um, I have got the – Nebraska Cornhuskers. Listen, if you can't cover versus some of these teams that, you know, the UNLVs, the Bowling Greens, you know, those, I can't trust you to cover on the road at Nebraska. Nebraska's not great, um, but I do think it's one of those that they're going to be scrappy. They're going to try to give their best to Michigan, who sat atop the Big Ten for the last few years. Um, J.J. McCarthy's not good. He's not good. He, I think we're in the same boat with Carson Beck at Georgia. He's he's fine. He's serviceable. He's not good. He's not going to necessarily put up a ton of points and allow you to open that playbook up enough to really, uh, you know, kill these teams. So 18 points is too much. J.J. McCarthy's not that good. Give me Nebraska. All right, let's flip it over to the number 24 Tex- or Kansas Jayhawks in Austin to take on the number three Texas Longhorns. That game is at 3.30 Eastern time on ABC Fun fact, heard this today. It's the first time since the 1960s where both Kansas and Duke are ranked. So one of two matchups where we haven't seen dominance like this from teams since the 1960s. Kansas, I'm sorry, ranked at the same time. Ranked at the same time is what I should say. So Kansas is ranked. They'll be going to Austin to take on the Texas Longhorns that game. uh, Texas is favored by 17 points at home. Texas, of course, undefeated so far and have been pretty impressive thus far doing it had a little bit of a sleepy start 
with um, Wyoming, but ultimately won that game by 21. Kansas, on the other hand, also undefeated, but it is, in fact, Kansas. They don't have quite the same amount of talent that Texas has. So we'll see what happens there. We'll start with Hank. Who you got? Well, with Kansas, plus the points. I worry a little bit um, about it being in um, they're at Texas, but um, I, I think Jalen da- Daniels is awesome. I love watching him. He's he's fun to watch. He um, he's a gamer. Uh, I don't know what his stats are right now, throwing wise and everything. But he just goes out there and, of seventy five for seven hundred and five yards, five touchdowns, one interception. Okay. So yeah, that's that sounds about right. Yeah. So I mean, he I don't know. He's he's awesome. I I think, I mean, Kansas has covered has both single digit favored games they've been in. They've won by 10, 11 points or something like. I, I think eleven. Yeah, I'm looking at eleven points both of them. So they've they've done well against these smaller spreads. They didn't cover the big big numbers, but you know, then obviously they're those are favored games. But I just think that they. They play better uh, against uh, better competition. Um, and Texas, you know, the weird thing to me is Texas was favored by seven. I mean, it was at Baylor, I guess. And and it is weird, I guess, like Pierce mentioned last week, it's weird to play there for, for a Texas team like that. But um, they were favored by 17 and a half going into that game. And Kansas is a hell of a lot better than Baylor. So, yeah, the home field advantage kind of factors into that. But I, I just think – I think Kansas can can keep it within that 17 number. That's uh, that's in my mind. I don't know if this is actually a key number technically to what people when people reference that, but in my mind, 17 is a pretty key number. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with them in the points. All right, one for Kansas. What about you, Pierce? I'm on Kansas as well. Um, <clears throat> listen, I hate to steal your thunder here, Madison, because you're you're pretty you're you're a savant when it comes to some of these type of uh, callouts, but. What's on deck for uh, Texas next week? Oh shit, I haven't even looked yet. The Red River Rivalry. The Red River Rivalry. Say that five times fast. I know. I almost, I almost stumbled over it. I probably did. They got Oklahoma next week. It's their biggest game of the season. You look back at this Texas team. I, it was nice to see them go out and 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 you know win in the fashion they did against Baylor. They probably should have put up more points than than they did. Baylor is a bad team. Um, you know. Who would have had this uh, on their betting card, Madison, that Dave Aranda would be fired before Neil Brown? Because I don't think Dave Aranda finishes this season. No. It's gotten that bad in Waco. I mean, Neil it's Brown atrocious. Might be, and I know they're missing Neil Brown might part. be saving his job slowly. But Neil surely. Brown's on the yeah. cool seat. He's on the icy seat. He's yeah. good. A, they, I don't know if, if West Virginia has enough money to buy him out. Uh, and But B, he's he's gone out. And I'm a little worried because they play. You know who they play this week, don't you? The TCU. Yeah. TCU. Yeah, so we'll see. It is at home, so that's it doesn't a matter. There. But T- West Virginia is a scrap. TCU could be playing the Sisters of the Blind, and Pierce would pick against TCU. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Hey, hedging my bets, baby. Hedging my bet. Hedging my happiness. I should say that's what I'm doing. Hedging my happiness. Um, but man, I, you know, you look at this Texas team. This is a classic look ahead spot. They are at home, which does give me a little cause for concern with this line. Uh, I, you know, Texas could come out and look like world beaters. But I don't think they're going to want to show all that much in this one from an offensive standpoint. Um, and and I got to admit, has there been a more maybe disrespected isn't the right word, but underappreciated, uh, 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 talked about very little team that's plugging along like Kansas is 
4-0, beat BYU pretty easy coming off their win at Arkansas. Um, yes, they struggled a little bit with Nevada, but this Kansas team, man, has impressed me. They put up points. If Texas doesn't come out and play like they did against Alabama, especially Alabama in the second half, I know Kansas isn't great defensively, but this Kansas team will be able to score and keep this within the number. That's the sole reason why I'm taking them. Uh, give me Kansas plus the points. Um, would it surprise me to see Texas come out and win by 24? Not at all. But I think this Kansas team is scrappy. They're, they've gotten better since last year, and they were a solid club last year. They would love to play spoiler here. Um, I'm with you guys. I think that Kansas is a decent team. I wouldn't touch, obviously, money line. I'm not saying like, oh, you know, they could potentially win. No, they're going to be fired up there in Austin. This is a different type of Texas team than we've seen as of late. Um, I know we love to make fun of the Texas as a back, but I, they're, they're back. They're, they're back. Sarkeesian has really made them the kind of team that you have to be worried about again, and I think they win this game. But 17 points is a hell of a lot for a Kansas team that, quite frankly, is better than previous years would have you to believe as well. They've been the team that you can just beat up in the Big 12. That's not the case anymore. Um, I think they go in there, they keep it close. I feel like it's one of those games where when you look back at it, if you watch the entire thing, you're like, well, Texas is never really in trouble. But you look at, you know, when you look at the final score, you're like, yeah, but, you know, it was closer than it should have been. Um, and, and it also feels like that's been the Texas as of the last few years, too. So we'll see if that changes where they have one where they barely squeak it out. Um, I do think, granted, it's a rivalry game. They're going to be fired up for the Oklahoma game. and uh, But I don't think Oklahoma's very good. So that'll be a little bit of a way too early tease for things. Um, but I do have Kansas as well, so that's uh, another one where we're all on the same side. Just couldn't talk myself into Texas covering that big of a point spread against a Kansas team that's more, more than serviceable. All right, for the nighttime at 6 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN, the number 13 LSU Tigers uh, squeaking out a win last week versus Arkansas. They're going to go on the road to Vaught-Hemingway Stadium to take on the number 20 Ole Miss Rebels, who, despite talking a big game, Weren't able to get it done in Tuscaloosa last week. The line is LSU favored by two and a half points on the road. We'll start with Hank. Who you got? I hate this game. Skip this game. I I this. I mean, it'll be a fun game. I it, I'll preface this by saying whatever I pick, just fade it because every time I thought LSU was gonna go into a game and look good, they've looked awful, and then vice versa. So. I don't even have a pick written down right now. I'm just going off the cuff. I I feel like LSU should win this game, but I just I mean, Ole Miss looked pretty pretty abysmal last week. Um, and I mean, I was on Alabama, but I, I would have been I would I wouldn't have been surprised if they had kept it close, and they just they didn't really. And it I I mean I I'm gonna go with. LSU because of the two and a half number, but um, I wouldn't. I don't know. Honestly, this game I feel like is a toss up. I think LSU should win this game, um, and I, I think if they're gonna win it, they're gonna win it by at least three. So I'm gonna go. Give me LSU minus one for two. the Tigers. What about you, Pierce? You know, this is one of those uh, spreads, two and a half, three points, where it does raise my eyebrows. It it it, it, it gets my interest. Um, especially if with the home team is the underdog. Um, they're basically saying it's a, it's a toss up. Uh, it, it, listen, I saw enough last week. I, I didn't watch the LSU game. I, I don't, I, it sounded like y'all watched it a little bit more than I did, or maybe um, looked into it a little more than I did. Listen, LSU has a chance to win the West. They ain't going to win the West if they lose to, to Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss is not a good team. 
I think Ole Miss is like a seven win team at most. I mean, what they showed last week, y'all should have been here. I was watching it with a bunch of Alabama fans and they were, they were MF in Alabama up and down and up and down. This team's going to win eight games, this eight games, that. And I kind of agreed with them and they pretty easily handled Ole Miss. Ole Miss was bad. They played, they played scared. Um, yes, they're at home. So maybe that is a, you know, it's a rebound spot. I'm I'm taking the rebound spot from LSU. This is one of my favorite plays of the week. I think LSU, obviously, it's a wake-up call last week. Jaden Daniels got that bad game out of the way. I think he goes in there. I think they run the ball well. I think they throw the ball well. Ole Miss's defense isn't all that good. They were just amplified by a bad quarterback in Jalen Milrow, and especially some of the plays given, you know, play calling and giving the ball up on turnovers. I like LSU to go in there and smack them. Um, give me LSU 7-10, maybe even 17-point win, win here. So wait, 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 what? I actually didn't watch a lot of the, I was one of those days where I had like eight games going on. And so I kind of got locked into a couple and didn't really watch. You're saying that, that Jaden Daniels looked bad. Cause looking back at it, he had, he was 20 for 29, 320 yards, four TDs and interception. One interception. Yeah, but man, Arkansas is bad and, and he missed. I know, I know, but. He yeah, missed some I mean, guys. I, I, I think when you look at the Mississippi State game, he was hitting guys left and right. His QBR, yeah. and what he was doing was unbelievable. Arkansas, that's that should be standard numbers in my opinion. I'm not okay. Maybe I shouldn't say he was bad, but he wasn't great. Jaden Daniels, um, you know, at home, Arkansas is not a very good defense. They're going to put up those. They should put up those numbers. I, I think he goes out and has another really good game like he did at Mississippi State, um, and he's facing a defense that's you know, just as bad as Arkansas, maybe worse. So I think he rebounds a little bit here as far as just he improves upon what he did. Um, but I, I like LSU to rebound big in this one. Um, I got the Ole Miss Rebels to win this game outright. I think that this is the perfect kind of situation where Lane goes out, lays an egg, isn't embarrassed, and then just absolutely does everything he can and wins this game. Um, it's at home. It's under the lights. Uh, LSU won the West last year. They're going to look to, uh, you know, embarrass the Tigers this year. Um, Jaden Daniels, to your point, Pierce, did not impress me. Uh, and that was against your quote unquote rival at home at nighttime. So, uh, you know, maybe some of the home field advantage of uh, Death Valley is done. I don't know. But uh, I think that ultimately Ole Miss wins this one outright. I think that, uh, like I said, neither quarterback's impressive, but I like, as far as head coaches go, adjustments to be made. I like Lane Kiffin. It's the perfect kind of his MO to get embarrassed and then turn around, be more quiet about things, and then boom, they abs- he'll be flipping he'll be flipping uh, clipboards on the sidelines. He's going to be so excited. So give me Ole Miss. All right, at 7.30 Eastern time on ABC, the number 11 Notre Dame Fighting Irish looking to rebound, traveling to Durham, North Carolina, to take on the number 17 Duke Blue Devils. Notre Dame on the road, favored by five and a half points. Like I said, their first loss of the season last weekend as they lost to Ohio State in a very interestingly poorly managed last few minutes for Marcus Freeman. Uh, Duke, on the other hand, is undefeated so far, obviously took down Clemson in week one, but since then haven't really played anybody. So this will be their first or their second big test of the season as they welcome in a wounded fighting Irish squad. We'll start with Hank, five and a half points. Notre Dame favorite, who you got? I'm going to go with Notre Dame. Um, yeah, I had some weird moments there, like at the end where they kind of mismanaged some things, had 10 players on the field for the last two plays or whatever. But, um, I mean, 
they, they, I still think they're a good team. I mean, they, it was weird. I thought it was going to be a higher scoring game on both ends. Um, but I think they can come back and bounce back this game and, and, and they can, you know, I can see it being close and maybe Duke scores once or twice at the end to get close to that number, but I, I like them to squeak out that five and a half. So I think I think they went by a touchdown. All right. One on Notre Dame. What about you, Pierce? I struggle with this one because I, I, I think it might be a bit of an overreaction um, coming off the loss against Ohio State. I thought Notre Dame looked pretty darn good. My, my one worry is, you know, they've got Sam Hartman this year, and they just – they really weren't able to do too much passing. I, I would have thought, I know Ohio State's defense is good, but at home, I would have thought that Notre Dame would have at least put up 21 to 24 points and would have had more success throwing the football. They ran it pretty well. Um, now you face a team in Duke. It's probably going to be a pretty sleepy environment um, there in Durham. I'm going to go Duke here, plus six and a half. I think this Duke team is slept on kind of like Kansas was. Now, I know they beat Clemson to start off the the year. That gave them uh, some headlines, but all this team has done is is go out and 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 win and win pretty easy against their uh, their opponents. I know they weren't world beaters, don't get me wrong, um, but I think this Duke team. I think their quarterback is very good. I think Ryder Leonard. Let me let me tell you this: Alabama would bend over backwards to have Riley Leonard as a transfer QB at Alabama right now because he is that good. Um, I think they come out. I think Mike Elko is a pretty darn good coach. I, I think you saw that Freeman Freeman will have his guys going. They're the more talented team. Don't get me wrong, but I like Duke to keep this scrappy. I like maybe a backdoor cover here. Um, would it surprise me to see Notre Dame win by 14, 17 points? Not at all. I'm probably getting sucked into Notre Dame losing last week and Duke having upset Clemson, but um, I'm going to go with the fun pick here and back Duke because I'd love to see Duke uh, keep this one close and make the Irish fans a little bit nervous. The Cinderella story stops here, Pierce. Duke should not have even won week one if it weren't for Cade Klubnick and Clemson turning over the ball every single time they got into the red zone. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen again on Saturday. I think that Notre Dame comes and embarrassed. I think that they've played very well. I think they played pretty well last weekend, but they played very well up until then. Uh, they come back, they rebound, they win big. They win by like 10 to 14 points on the road. So give me the fighting Irish. All right. South Carolina, last but not least, traveling to the number 21 Tennessee Volunteers. That game is at 7.30 Eastern time on the SEC Network. We all know how that went down last year with South Carolina putting on an offensive juggernaut type of performance running out of fireworks in said performance as they took down Tennessee and sunk their playoff hopes. Maybe Tennessee smells blood in the water here, uh, but Tennessee a little bit different than they were last year with Hendon Hooker. Joe Milton, now the quarterback. Uh, we saw what happened when they had to travel to Florida a few weeks ago. They did bounce back and kill UTSA, but it's UTSA. Uh, Tennessee in this one favored by 12 and a half points. Spencer Rattler is iffy at best as far as the type of quarterback he is, but uh, it's going to be an interesting battle. Nonetheless, it is in Knoxville, though, if it gives you any type of pause. So we'll start with you, Hank. This is your alma mater. I don't know what your uh, thoughts are or your loyalty are to them, but uh, you got Tennessee bouncing back and winning this one by 12 and a half, or you think you're going to roll with the South Carolina Gamecocks for a loss number two in the last couple of years? Yeah, to be honest, I don't even have a pick written down, so I'm just going to talk through this one. Um, I think that the 12 and a half number scares me. If this was, in my opinion, if I was making the line, I would I would put it as more of a seven and a half, 
10 at most game. Um, 12 and a half is a weird number. Um, I, I South Carolina, I fully expected to come out and, and I mean, they, they still put up a good game def- or offensively against Mississippi state, but Mississippi state's been pretty bad and they came out and I mean, I guess Will Rogers finally had the game that he kind of had last or the game that he had a bunch of last year and threw for almost 500 yards. So that's really what did it. I guess I just, it, I think it's going to be, it's going to all come down to, um, to uh, Joe Milton and if he can actually, you know, go out there and play like he does against these crappy teams and, and not come out like he did against Florida. Um, if, if he's hitting his guys, um, I think that defense, that South Carolina defense is, they had their best game against Georgia. I don't think that they're going to, you know, put up a performance like that, but I don't know. I mean, this, this is a weird number. I'm going to go Tennessee at home. Um, but I can see South Carolina winning this outright, so it's it's a weird one for me. But my, I guess I'll go. I'll, I'll take Tennessee at home. Um, that'll make the that'll make the uh, bars afterwards more fun anyway. So I'm okay, so he's a, a hopeful bet there. All right, Pierce, what about you? I've got Tennessee in this one. I think this is also kind of a line in the sand game. Um, and 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 when looking at the potential narrative moving forward, I mean, can y'all not just see? Tennessee coming out and handling South Carolina and winning by 17-21. And then the narrative here in Tennessee is, Tennessee beat South Carolina by more than Georgia did. Hey, we're back. Season's back on. That's exactly what's going to happen. I think that's exactly what's going to happen here. You always got to worry a little bit about uh, an opponent who's maybe not the the better team having a a great quarterback. I mean, I'm telling y'all, Spencer Rattler thus far has been phenomenal. He has no help on, on offense. He's got Xavier Leggett. I get it. Um, and he had Juice Wells. But now Juice is out or Wells is out. Uh, you got Leggett who's still doing good things, but they have no offensive line. I like te- uh, Tennessee. Tennessee, I think, this year more than any uh, any team. And, and it was kind of this way last year, too. But Tennessee's going to benefit from being at home. Listen, this is uh, this is a late-night game. Nealon's going to be rocking. This one's This one's personal. If you look back at last year, obviously they were going to make the playoffs had they not lost to South Carolina and they got whooped. Their quarterback got hurt. This is a personal game for them. They've been looking forward to this game for, you know, just about 365 days of the year. I know they're playing, uh, you know, sooner than that. But I think this is a game where Tennessee comes out and and, and has it flying and letting it go and uh, being at home is going to help them. I, I like Tennessee in this one. Would it surprise me to see Spencer Rattler have a great game and keep them close and cover the spread? Not at all. But I just think the narrative, I, when I look at it, I, what's most, what's the most, uh, you know, what's the one thing I can see coming out of this game? It's that Tennessee's fired up because they covered this spread and now the season's back on and they're circling that Georgia and Alabama game here coming up. And I don't think they're a great ball club, but at home, I do think they're slightly different than on the road. So give me Tennessee minus 12 and a half. Um, I'm going to go South Carolina in this one. I think that uh, I agree with you guys. I think that Tennessee uh, definitely gets this win. Um, but I just think that there's something about this South Carolina team. If I'm looking at their two, um, you know, they're, they're – I don't know. There's something about the fact that they they played a really tough game at Georgia. Now they're going on the road again. I can see them doing the same exact thing. I, this is the kind of that's the kind of the thing about Spencer Rattler is his he puts up in a 
you know, ridiculous numbers in a game he shouldn't. So I think that South Carolina keeps this one close. I think Tennessee wins it. They already have posts that they're pulling out their black jerseys. Um, so I I love to bet against an alternate jersey if and when I can. Look at uh, Notre Dame last week. So uh, I like, uh, like I said, South Carolina to keep this one close. But ultimately, Tennessee is just a little bit better. But Joe Milton sucks, y'all. He's not good. Um, so if it comes down to the two quarterbacks, I'll take Spencer Rattler because although he be inconsistent, he has flashes of brilliance versus Joe Milton just cannot connect and ultimately Tennessee still can't tackle uh still cannot tackle saw it every every single time in the Florida game it was just like they'll just kind of bounce off the guy and let him just keep running um so I think ultimately South Carolina keeps this one closer than Tennessee once it is in fact 12 and a half points here on Monday night so uh that's a pretty big point spread at home so I'm taking South Carolina to get that win all right that's gonna do it or not win I'm sorry against the spread against the spread (laughs) Well, let me take that back. I said it. <laughs> yeah, I was already transitioning in my head, and I said the win, and I was like, wait, I don't. you don't believe that. Um, all right, that's going to do it here for <laughs> us with our week five preview. We will be back next week, obviously, with our goods, our bads, and our uglies. Although we recorded this early, we still want to hear from you, so reach out to us on social media, at Pod. That's where we're going to have real-time bets and reactions to things that are happening. Stay tuned for our easy peasies. If you're in the pick'em pool, We do have a game on Friday night, so your picks have to be in by Friday night for that Utah game. Um, I think that's right. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. The uh, Yeah, Utah-Oregon State. That is the first game we'll pick. So Friday night, your picks are due. Follow us on social media. Subscribe here if you're not. Share with a friend. We'd love to have this uh, grow and continue to reach more people's ears. But until then, for Bragging Rights, I'm Madison. I'm Pierce. I'm Hank. Stay blessed, y'all.